You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Check, check. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Amen. I don't know. Might be better without. <laughs> Well, it's great to be here on the West Side this morning. Uh, it's definitely an honor. Super appreciate the invitation. Uh, Ken has definitively got friends worldwide. I will claim to be his best white Italian friend. <laughs> uh, I do want to uh, really, just kind of looking around here, I want to thank our tech team, our worship team, John Thorne. I look at this over here with all these cables and such, and my mind just starts to blip out. But uh, appreciate all the time and energy that goes into making our services great. So I do want to thank you for that. Uh, Emma, awesome job, sister. Uh, it's incredible to hear that as a strong woman, you're a strong woman for Christ rather than self. Amen. Uh, just really appreciate that. George, uh, wherever you went, I will try to make sure that uh, what we're dealing with today is the truth in the gospel. No, no fake news. Good news here this morning. Amen. How many of you are feeling tired this morning? Oh, my gosh. This message will be great for you then. Uh, the uh, title of the message is just that, rejuvenation, time for rejuvenation. And uh, I'm, I'm going to try and deal with this platform. You know, it's amazing. When I first started out as a young Christian, young minister, uh, we had these ginormous lecterns, and I literally would get up there and hang on to that thing for dear life the entire time I was up there. I got discipled on that a number of years ago about needing to kind of get out of my notes, move around the stage a little bit. So for those of you that know Miracosta, I've got quite the ramp work there that I can accomplish, and it's huge. Being an Italian in a box that's uh, literally 16 square feet, I almost feel like, you know, it's like talking as an Italian sitting on your hands. But if you see me getting too close to the edge, you know, maybe gasp or something so I know that I need to get back over here to the cocktail table. But uh, anyway... I hope your 2017 has gotten off to a good start. And again, as I stated, we're going to be talking about rejuvenation today. It's a, it's a subject that's near and dear to me, and that God is amazing, and that we are, have the opportunity to deal with renewal daily. You know, looking to God's strategy, God's strategy has always been one where that news of transformation, rejuvenation, newness, promise, hope, all these things... It's always been a part of God's strategy, which was to go out to all nations. God's dream, God's wish, God's desire is that all men and women would have the opportunity to have a relationship with Him. And the thing that's awesome about that, as I look out at you guys this morning here on the West Side, as men and women who've always been willing to put themselves aside, making Jesus Christ Lord is huge. Enlisting something eternal, something bigger than yourself. You know, uh, yesterday I had the opportunity to go to Kevin Maine's memorial service. And as you can imagine, uh, from an emotional standpoint, it was something that was all over the map. Uh, as a friend, uh, someone a year older than me, uh, it's amazing how mortality all of a sudden is in your face and how that resonates. The sense of loss, you know, the grieving that was involved. But at the same time, the celebration, knowing that he has arrived. He crossed the finish line. He did what we're all looking to accomplish, and that's to get home with God. And the looking at the legacy that he's left, too, when you look at his children. Many of you are familiar with Stuart and Ashley. They were here for a while. His daughter Olivia. It's just absolutely amazing to see the impact. 
Worldwide, I was getting texts and phone calls within hours of him being hospitalized. John Louis from Singapore wanted to know what was going on. They prayed for him immediately that morning as a church. And just hearing the impact of this one man's life worldwide gives me something to aspire to. I mean, there were 600 plus people at his, at his uh, memorial. There were 2,500 people watching online as it was being streamed. And the, the thing that's really encouraging for me, too, is to see the young people, my daughter included, my, my son's a disciple, my daughter's still on her journey, but seeing the impact that had and seeing her reach out to some of those young men and women that she used to go to teen camp with, that she was involved with on that level, and having one of the best spiritual talks I've had with her in over a decade. That's the kind of life of a disciple that each of us have the opportunity to engage in and live. You know, uh, football season just ended here, with most of us saying next year. Uh, for me, uh, I have to uh, state that I've entered a little bit of a desert here. Uh, I'm not much for sports on TV. I'm a little ADD. There's not a whole lot that it, it really grabs my attention. Um, other than football, and, you know, some of you know I'm a Steelers fan. Where that came from was, as a kid, back in the uh, 80s, late 70s and 80s, football tended to be a ground game, which I found very monotonous and boring, with the exception of Lynn Swan and Terry Bradshaw. That's how I became a Steelers fan. So, again, I guess we'll just have to wait until next season here. But, you know, most of us, as we've uh, just stepped into the new year, right now, today, you know, we usually we assess the end of the year, but right now today can be a time of reevaluation and a time of new beginnings. So with that, I want to start out in Philemon, chapter 4. I, I love this, new, this remote. I mean, this is great for a guy like me. It's got two buttons, a big one I can feel with my thumb, and then a little one if I've gone too far. You guys are on it. I love some of this uh, technology here. But in Philemon... Verse 4, it reads, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective for the full knowledge of every good thing that is in us for the sake of Christ. I love God. I love God's Word. I love the encouragement that comes through it. And because of that word, the effectiveness that we each can have in our own lives. You know, I look back at 2016, and overall it was an incredible year. Uh, for me, there were a lot of highs and lows. The lows really uh, took place at the beginning of the year with the birth of our granddaughter, Cadence, who was four pounds, two ounces, uh, in intensive care for a few weeks. But it's awesome to see at the end of the year the transition here. She just celebrated her one-year birthday. She's a very healthy, uh, energetic, crazy Marici. And I, it's just such an incredible chapter in our lives. But I look back at again, the beginning of last year, it was really questionable as to where things were for her on a health level. My daughter-in-law, whose blood pressure for several weeks was 220, 240, over 185 coming off of the pregnancy. She was at actually greater risk of death than our grandbaby was. Uh, my son, Stephen, ended up with a, some kind of a viral disease that the doctors didn't know what to call it other than a virus. And they, they took him through a, an, an immense amount of uh, different antibiotics for the course of four or five months without any change in his condition. 
They were draining a liter of fluid from the outside of each lung every few weeks. And you can imagine having two liters of fluid pushing up on your lungs, what his breathing capacity was like, and not having any answers from the doctors. It was scary. He still isn't 100% recovered today. But he's, he's made some major headway, and the, the last x-ray they had, there was minimal fluid. It was not refilling to the extent that it was. So, you know, there are those times where you kind of question, God, are you hearing my prayers? Do you, do you understand what we're going through here? You know, and God always does. Sometimes we may not exactly hear the response that we want, but I do know that the year closed out in an incredible way. My son's health has been restored almost completely. Our little grandbaby is absolutely amazing. My kids are constantly asking me, where did mom go, dad? You know, like the invasion of the body snatch. That little baby hit the scene and Jackie's all goo goo gaga all over the place with this kid. But it's, it's an amazing chapter, and it's amazing to see what God's done. And even from a standpoint of what's going on in the church throughout our region here, baptisms, unified families, as a region raising almost, actually more than a half a million dollars between our special missions and our hope contributions, making a difference in our community with our community service programs. I, I love the emails that I get from Patricia all the time about the latest and greatest, what's going on, the impact that's taking place. And so many others of you have entered that fray when it comes to making it different with those that have so much greater needs than ourselves. I'm proud of the Westside Church. I don't know if you guys know it or not. You led the way in coastal Los Angeles last year, bringing more people and restoring more men and women to God in 2016. That is clapworthy. Making a difference. So I don't know how your year has started out. Mine started out sick. Jackie started out with knee surgery. You know, there's, there's always something, right? But when it comes to rejuvenation, that's something that excites me. And the key to healthy life and church is rejuvenation. Our next reading comes from Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah prophesies during probably one of the worst times in the history of Israel. The Israelites have been so corrupt in intermarrying outside of uh, the Israelis, pagan communities, worshiping pagan gods, the God was pretty much done with them. He wanted them out of his sight. And with that, we see Isaiah's prophetic ministry lasting from about 760 B.C. until 20 B.C. At the time that we're picking up right now, the Jews were given over to the Assyrians and the Babylonians into slavery. It was a dark time. In the book of Isaiah, there's more of this prophesied than any other book about our coming Savior, our coming Messiah, than any other book in the Old Testament. Isaiah also described in great de- details the blessings of this future kingdom of that Messiah that was promised to come. That Jesus would come as a Savior who would not only die for the sins of his people, but for all nations. Isaiah's message was incredible, and it talks about humility, love, forgiveness, and grace. The grace of our Savior. What we're going to do right now is we're going to look at Isaiah 42, which is shortly after the Persian king Cyrus had released the Jews from captivity. So look with me, if you will, with Isaiah 42, verses 1 through 13. This is my servant. I strengthen him. This is my chosen one. I delight in him. 
I have put my spirit on him. He will bring justice to the nations. He will not cry out or shout or make his voice heard in the streets. He will not break a bruised reed. And he will not put out a smoldering wick. He will faithfully bring justice. He will not grow weaker, be discouraged until he has established justice on earth. The islands will wait for his instruction. This is what God, Yahweh, says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and life to those who walk on it. I, Yahweh, have called you for a righteous purpose. I will hold you by your hand. I will keep you and appoint you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the nations. In order to open blind eyes, to bring out prisoners from the dungeon and those waiting in darkness from the prison house. I am Yahweh. That is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. The past events have indeed happened. And this is what I love. Now I declare new events. I announce them to you before they occur. Sing a new song to announce them. Lord, sing his praises from the ends of the earth. You who go down to the sea with all that fills it, you islands with your inhabitants, let the deserts and the cities shout. The settlements where Kedar lives shout aloud. Let the inhabitants of Selah sing for joy. Let them cry out from the mountaintops. Let them give glory to the Lord and declare his praise in the nations. Imagine being enslaved being taken from your homeland. Not in a position where you can even worship your God. This represented an incredible time of rejuvenation for the Jews. But not just for them, as it does for us as well. They are called, as we are called in verse 6, to be a covenant which defines or creates a relationship. That is what we are called to be to the lost. A light to the nations. We are a bridge to those that have yet to know Jesus Christ. See, we have received what Isaiah talks about regarding the Messiah, the serving King Jesus. And it's time for each and every one of us, for our zeal to be stirred up and rejuvenated. You know, most of you, how many of you have uh, toured the Old Testament names for God? There's quite a few of them. And I actually stumbled on one here recently that, you know, again, I've gone through these lists many, many times. I guess I was not in a place where I needed rejuvenation. So it wasn't something that hit me. I don't know what this says about me right now, because uh, I guess maybe I did. But it's really awesome in that Yahweh, Rofika, means God of renewal, healing, and rejuvenation. That is our God. He wants us to be rejuvenated. He wants us to be new. He wants us to be zealous. He wants us to be excited about Him and what our lives represent. You know, rejuvenate. Figured it might be good to take a look at that and break it down a little bit. To restore to youthful vigor or appearance. Make young again. You know, you guys on the west side, I mean, isn't this a huge industry? You know, wrestling, uh, Botox, uh, cool sculpting, uh, all this stuff so that we can look young again. There was something that came out recently on a woman that was getting, had been getting Botox and some guy was injecting some crazy stuff in her forehead and I won't even paint the picture of what she looked like, the reconstructive surgery that needed to take place. 
But it's amazing the lengths that we go to to be rejuvenated. To restore to an original or new condition. You know, this one, I, 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 I kind of take offense at this one a little bit, I guess. Rejuvenate an old sofa to look new again. Am I an old sofa? I mean, really? <laughs> but, you know, this, this return to a youthful condition, I think as we get older, Teens Campus, you know, you're, you're all about, well, I'm going to be 21 next year. Or, you know, I'm going to be 16 next year. I can drive. You want to get older. I don't know exactly when the hump is that we get over and we decide that, you know, we'd kind of like to see the clock start going the other way. But believe me, it'll happen at some point in time in your life. To me, though, it's so interesting that one of God's name in the Old Testament is Yahweh Rafika, the God that renews, the God that heals, the God that rejuvenates. Rejuvenation. That's what we're talking about today. See, today is a call to remember your first love. The day of your baptism and the days and weeks that followed. You know, I look back to December 10th, 1990. I remember driving to my baptism and being freaked out that I wasn't going to get there in one piece. We're driving from Chino Hills to West Covina. You know, and Jackie kind of likes to help me with my driving from time to time. And, you know, you're, you're driving along. It's like, ah, whoa, 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 what? You know, you're, you're drifting. That guy's coming into your lane. I mean, you know, so I'm like... Oh, Lord, I'm on that wheel for dear life. I mean, you know, white knuckles the whole bit. And it was so calming to get there. You know, and start singing and praying. And knowing that if something happened on the way home, I was good, baby. I mean, I'm, I'm baptized. I'm, my sins are forgiven. I'm saved. So the ride home was a little bit different than the ride there. But then, even those, those initial weeks, I mean, it's just like everywhere you look, it looks new. It's different. You want to say something. You want to engage. You want to make a difference. You've got this life of purpose. It's just, I was bouncing off the walls. And that went on for such a long time. But at some point, we all kind of drift a little bit. You know, the newness wears off. So it's time to remember that first love. You know, if there have been challenges from the past, if there's been failures from the past, it's time to forget the past and move forward into the present and the future. It's time to look ahead with a sense of anticipation, a sense of excitement towards the new things that God wants to do in your lives. And this is what I love about God. God that Yahweh Rafika, God of renewal, it's present tense. It's not one and done. He continues to work with us in this capacity. See, today can be a great time of rejuvenation. And that's what we're talking about. Rejuvenation, restoration of our spiritual youthful vigor. In Philippians 3, verse 12, it says, Not that I've already reached the goal, or am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it, because I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? We see in the Old Testament, God says, I will hold your hand. We see Paul talking about the very thing here in Philippians. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching toward what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. Have we reached our final goal? Kevin Maines did. If we haven't, are we fully mature yet? I know I'm not. 
Are we preparing for and pursuing God's promised prize? And really understanding, depending on which direction we go, it can be one of two things. It can be a desert, or it can be paradise. You know, worldwide, at the beginning of each year, we go through this process of making New Year resolutions. And, you know, maybe by now, February 12th, breaking them. See, there's a lot of instances where many of them will not come to pass. And that, that can't be discouraging. See, for us as disciples, Bible-living disciples, this is an opportunity to, to look back and, and make a, an assessment. A time to look back over the past year to examine the victories and blessings God has brought to you and to see if we're able to make all the desired changes that we set out to make. More importantly, it's a time to examine our hearts and minds and ask, what am I pursuing today? See, every, again, as disciples, every day is the opportunity for new beginnings. Each day is an opportunity to rejuvenate our lordship, our discipleship, our outreach, ultimately our Christianity. But what is discipleship? Discipleship is Bible-living, cross-carrying, this life of purpose dedicated to the pursuit and imitation of Jesus Christ. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote, Christianity without discipleship is always Christianity without Christ. You know, I appreciate what Emma had to say today about relationships. This is something that we need to continue to grow in as a church, is our one anothering, our involvement with each other. I can state unequivocally for a fact, 26 years in as a Christian, I would not be here today if it wasn't for the people that were in my life, some invited, some not. <laughs> and I think you can relate to me on the not part. I mean, when we're not wanting it, I don't care what kind of relationship I've got with you. But there are those instances where I look in the mirror and I don't see the stuff that I need to see that needs to change. Other people are much more adept at pointing those things out to me. Some do it better than others. You know, The ones that come at me with humility, it's much easier to receive. But it doesn't matter if it's the truth. Right, George? Discipleship. Such a significant part of our lives. If you're not engaged on that level relationally, I can tell you unequivocally without a doubt, you will not cross that finish line. We cannot do it alone. God's a God of relationships. Jesus is Lord of relationships. His guys that made it. Why? Because of their relationships. What would inspire somebody to die on a cross for Jesus? Other than the relationships they had and what he modeled for them. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14, it reads, We know that the one who raised Jesus will raise us up also and present us with you. Indeed, everything is for your benefit so that the grace extended through more and more people may cause thanksgiving to increase to God's glory. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, our inner being is renewed day by day. So I believe that today God wants to rejuvenate, renew, transform each of us. And I believe it's always God's desire for us to be filled with a sense of newness, this zeal for what He desires and wants to do in and around our lives. 
He desires greatly for us to be filled with a renewed sense of purpose and destiny. Go back to Isaiah 43, the Old Testament here. Isaiah says, Do not remember the past events. Pay no attention to things of old. Why? Because they were weak. It was a foreshadowing of what was to come. He says, look, I'm about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the deserts. I don't know about you, I I like the backdrop on this a lot better than that earlier one of the desert, right? You know, I look back at my life through the years. I've had years with lots of things that I've set out to accomplish, and it happened. And isn't that joyous when it does? Then there's the, there's the flip side of that coin. There were other years with unrealized goals where nothing happened. Or in some instances where things even got worse than they were before. And the beautiful thing about being a disciple and knowing the Lord is we don't have to live our lives in guilt or condemnation for our failures and our unachieved goals. I, I think this was Cora... Um, Craig that stated this a ways back, you know, this, she couldn't figure out the whole big deal with New Year's, Eve, New Year's resolutions. Well, why do not we do this once a year? Why don't we just do this daily? Right? Why wait a year? I mean, for those of us that have already started and we feel like we've blown it, do we really want to wait until 2018 to start the process over again? And this is what's so amazing about God. We get to wipe the slate clean and start over, not just annually, but daily. New, rejuvenated. You guys know the the, uh, song or the verse associated with this next passage. Lamentations 3.22. Steadfast love of the Lord. I'm going to take a chance here. Hold on. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. You guys ready to join me with this? They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore what? Therefore I will hope in Him. Not not something I aspire to do or am even comfortable doing, but I don't know what it is. This passage just does it for me, amen? God's love never ceases. He's always there for us. It doesn't matter if it's been a good year or a bad year, whether you felt close to God or not. I'm excited to see what 2017 is going to bring because one thing that I know, wherever we are, wherever you are, whatever you want, whatever we want, wherever it is we want to be with God, It can be new and rejuvenated. If we are to be rejuvenated, if we are to be restored to our youthful faith and love, we need to be hungering and thirsting for God's Word. Matthew 5, verse 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, this this resonates with me in such a huge way, looking back to pre-December 10th, 1990. I wasn't dissimilar from Emma... In that I really embraced the fact, one, that I was agnostic, with all the hypocrisy I saw in religion from the age, early, very early on, after my confirmation, my folks said to me, well, 
you know, you're old enough to figure it out, do what you want to do. I'm like, I'm done, I'm out. I'm just so fed up with everything. I mean, as a 13-year-old, isn't that kind of a scary place to be? And it just, I look back, I was kind of a dorky 13-year-old, so for me to be able to see the hypocrisy in the religious world back in the time, I just can't believe it had that huge of an impact on me that I want to know part of it. I looked at the religious leaders of the day, and I'm thinking to myself, these guys are spiritual giants. Man, they got their own TV gig. And if they can't do it, how in heaven's name am I going to be able to do it? So then it was all about what I could accomplish on my own. Jacqueline was a huge help with that. And then growing up in a very abused household, never hearing anything other than you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to measure up. You know, this is as good as it gets. She was a huge encouragement for me to kind of step out and start pursuing some other things. And then, you know, you get a little taste and you want another a little bit more and a little bit more. And it was a matter of that whole corporate ladder thing in L.A., and the, the only problem with that is I'd put out the additional rungs on the ladder and got to the top. Guess what? There was a ledge with another set of ladders with rungs that extended on out. And it was, just, it was empty. I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a husband. And then Bruce Norty came along, and my life changed. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how encouraged I am for the relationship with my kids. I mean, coming off this thing with Kevin Maines, talking to my daughter... You're expressing the fear of losing me. And being able to say to her, baby girl, you know what? You got nothing to worry about. We're good. We're resolved. We don't have any issues. When I pass, it's not going to be a matter of you thinking, now I wish I, should, wish I would have said this. I wish I would have been there. I wish I would have been able to do this with my dad. You know, my son has been kind of interesting. I'm getting these phone calls over the last few weeks now where usually it's, I pick up the phone, hey, dad. Hey, bud. And without hesitation, it usually transitions into, what do you need? Well, that first call, going back a week and a half ago, I paused. It was kind of a lengthier pause. I think it was, he was trying to figure out how to engage on a level that wasn't consistent or common. It's kind of a guy thing. You know, my daughter, it's a whole different thing. But the next words out of his mouth is, hey, I just wanted to call. How are you doing? How are you? I wouldn't have that without Christ. I would have alienated my kids. I'd be divorced. My kids would be another statistic today. But that's the power of rejuvenation. That's the power of Christ. See, we can all get off track. And we've got to be careful. The ways of staying on track are God's word. Relationships and the expectations that God has for us are refreshing. But if we're not in the word, how do we know what those are? John 7, Jesus talks about streams of living water. Do you believe that? Because if you did, you'd be reading the Bible consistently. Prayer, our engagement, our interaction with God, our communication with God. Do you pray? How often do you pray? What do you pray about? And again, this isn't a, this isn't a matter of shaming. This is a matter of assessing. This, there are times where I haven't. I've just had attitudes with God. There are times where my reading of the Bible is strictly for the prep in relationship to what I need to do on a midweek or on a Sunday. That doesn't nourish me. That doesn't rejuvenate me. And really understanding that those basics that I had as a young Christian, cranking through chapter after chapter after chapter, hour, two-hour quiet time, with nobody saying anything to me other than the fact that I was zealous to learn more about God. Discipleship. I've already talked about that a little bit. You're not in a discipling relationship. Repent. Get engaged on that level. We need other spiritual people in our lives. 
See, we can all get off track. And it starts as a mild drift, but it can very quickly move to dangerous compromise. See, David prayed to God to create a new heart and renew a steadfast spirit within him after a very damaging disconnect from God. David's response should be our heart, our attitude. But if, like David, we don't see or feel the need for rejuvenation as Christians, we'll crash and burn just like he did. See, we need to have the humility to ask God as David did. How to re-engage, being humble about where he was at, understanding the areas that he had gotten off track, and then asking God for mercy. Psalm 51 demonstrates the proper response and approach to God. Psalm 51, verse 10. says, God, create a clean heart for me and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore the joy of your salvation to me and give me a willing spirit. We may not have a willing spirit, but if we don't, are we asking for it? Can God not meet us in there? Can God pull us back in if we're willing to acknowledge our need to re-engage? It says, then I will teach the rebellious your ways, and sinners will return to you. How many of us have felt totally incapacitated when we're not doing well? Oh, I can't reach out to that person. I can't have anybody in my home. I don't want them to see my marriage. I don't want them to see my kids. I don't want them to see my mess. Whatever it is you don't want them to see. That's Satan getting in there, trying to distract you and discourage you and pull you away from God. The bottom line is the kingdom, guys, is kind of like the worst day fishing is better than the best day working. It's kind of the same thing in the kingdom. Worst day in the kingdom is better than the best day out of it. Right? And just really seeing the need to embrace that. He goes on. See, if we believe that, then we can have an impact. Then we can live a life of purpose. Then we can make a difference in the lives of those around us, our neighbors, our friends, our family. It says, then I will teach the rebellious your ways, and sinners will return to you. Save me from the guilt of bloodshed, God, the God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not want a sacrifice, but I would give it. You are not pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. God, you will not despise a broken and humbled heart. I love this. This is one of the most amazing things about humility. Humble self-assessment allows God to do the rest. Humble self-assessment allows God to do the rest. I mean, how much better for him to do it than me, right? God can and will only create a sense of newness when we yield ourselves to him with an open and contrite heart and are willing to submit to his lordship. And this is what's so cool. Once we've become rejuvenated, we become so much more effective. We won't be controlled by guilt and self-doubt. But we'll become a light to this lost world. We'll be attractive. We'll be magnetic. People will want to come because of what they see with you, your life. It's not about cold calling. It's not about knocking doors. Just walk in the light in your workplace. Walk in the light on your campus. 
Speak with words that are seasoned by what you see in God's scriptures. And guess what? People are going to want to know what the heck you got going on. What are you drinking? What are you eating? Why do you act the way you do? I want it. That's the way to have an impact. God wants to continually change us, me and you, your identity, as we become more and more conformed into his image. You know, I'm convinced that one of the reasons many people do not change as much as they would like to is because they're unwilling to let go of their identity. 13 to 32, I was fired up and excited about how awesome Steve Marici was. I had absolutely zero problems with my identity, or at least that's what I had myself convinced with. Going to bed at night, crying sometimes, thinking through, what, what is this world all about? What is the afterlife? Is there an afterlife? Am I going into nothingness? Not being able to cope with any of that. See, the cry from our heart should be for God to continually renew and create a new heart within us. To renew His Spirit in us. And see, when we do this, it puts us in the position for God to speak and create and do amazing new things in our lives. This type of renewal, rejuvenation, transformation only comes from God's Word in our minds and on our hearts. Colossians 1.29 Colossians 1.29 says, To this end I also labor, striving according to his work, which works in me mightily. You know, mightily, dunamis, is the ability or the abundance to form and have miraculous power. God works within us miraculously, powerfully. You know, I think ultimately the reason that Christians and non-Christians alike have a hard time fulfilling some of the goals that they've set up for their lives is because we're trying to accomplish it on our strengths versus God's strengths. And as disciples, we've got the edge. Romans 8, verse 11, it's real clear. It says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit who dwells in you. As Christians, as disciples, God has given us His Holy Spirit. God is always there waiting recklessly for us, just like the father of the prodigal. Make 2017 your year of rejuvenation. If you haven't been reading your Bible, start with a 30-day devotional book or an app. Or shoot for something manageable to re-engage. Start reading 10 minutes a day. You know, some of you might be thinking, well, man, I used to do hour quiet times, 10 minutes a day? That's nothing. Well, 10 minutes a day where there was nothing actually is way more than nothing. It ends up adding up to over an hour a week. Get back and nurture, cultivate, regrow your relationship with God and each other. Think about those spiritual goals for 2017. And if you haven't said any, I want to encourage you to. Maybe a lot of other things you're going after. How about where you are with God first and foremost? View them like you would a target. You know, with a bullseye, there's these concentric rings. 100 in the center, 80, 60, 40, 20. The bottom line is, what do we all want to aim for? Don't we want that 100 points to shoot for the middle? Sometimes you might only get 80, maybe even only 20. But if you don't aim for the 100, you're going to hit zero every time. Someone said, I think this was Chan, I would rather attempt to do something great for God and fail than do nothing and succeed. You know, I think most of you have seen his balance beam routine. 
you know, when it comes to life and all the issues we have, and rather than getting up there and walking out, he kind of just jumped on it and embraced it, you know, hoping to just hold on until judgment day. And then, you know, he crosses through the gates and he gets off the thing and does his dismount. What, what did he accomplish? Just hanging on? I mean, is that what we want to be known for when we cross the gates into heaven? I hung on, Lord! Not that that would be a bad thing. But if that's where we're coming from, guys, we're not going to make it. We've got to be aiming for Christ. We've got, we need to be aiming for imitating Jesus, engaging on that level. February 12th. What are your spiritual goals for 2017? What are the areas that you want to see spiritual victories in? What are the areas you would like to see the use of your talents to serve God, the church, the poor? What are the new ways that you would want to commit yourself to God and God's family here on the west side? What I'd like to encourage you to go away from here today doing is making a list of spiritual goals of what you want to see God do in your family, with your friends, your neighbors, at school, on the job, professionally and personally, as we continue on through the year. Let's pray like crazy and really believe God's word like never before, and then go and expect the Holy Spirit to bring about rejuvenation in your life. Philippians 1, verse 6 in the message. I hope we can all leave here today in agreement with Paul's word from the Message Bible. In verse verse 6 of chapter 1, it says, There has never been the slightest doubt in my mind that God who started this great work in you would keep keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day Christ Jesus appears. This has got to be so encouraging for us and that God is with us and for us every step of the way. And we can continue to grow in our purpose and our impact daily. I love the way the Message Bible puts it right here. It says, God who started this great work in you will keep at it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day that Jesus Christ appears. So our spiritual formation, our maturation, and our continued rejuvenation in Christ like this is a constant movement toward the eternal appointment that God has prepared for each of us since the foundation of the world. Matthew 25, verse 34 reads, it talks to us about how it has been prepared for us. This is, we've got to be encouraged by this, guys. We already have the deed. If you were baptized in Jesus Christ, sins have been forgiven, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is your mark of redemption for God, so when he scans you, he knows you're his. We've been given the deed. We're not renters, guys. We've been given the deed to heaven. And really understanding that the movement that started over 2,000 years ago is being carried forward through our rejuvenation, each and every one of us, our transformation, delegation, association, and our discipleship to Jesus Christ. Each of us need rejuvenation. Really understanding that rejuvenation will lead to the transformation of our communities, our cities, and eventually the world. We are God's plan. We are the Master's plan. We are the Lord's strategy. I want to close with a quote from John Piper. It's from a sermon entitled, Don't Waste Your Life. I drift into a peacetime mindset, as certainly as rain falls down and flames go up. I'm wired by nature to love the same toys that the world lives and loves. I start to fit in 
I start to love what others love. I even start to call home, earth home. Before you know it, I'm calling luxuries needs and using my money just the way unbelievers do. I begin to forget the war. I don't think much about people perishing. Missions and unreached peoples drop out of my mind. I stop dreaming about the triumphs of grace. I sink into a secular mindset that looks first at what man can do, not what God can do. It's a terrible sickness. And I thank God for those who have forced me again and again towards a wartime mindset. John Piper. Okay, well, um, so it's great to be with Westside Church. Great to be here. Um, Going into 2017, I was in serious need of rejuvenation. If any of you know me, um, you know I love Christmas. As a matter of fact, one of my friends, uh, Armando Hernandez, once said, after walking into my home, wow, it looks like Christmas threw up in here. And so I really love Christmas. But early in December, Steve and I got in a fight about decorating for Christmas. And I said, I ain't doing it. I am not going to decorate for Christmas. And a few days went by, and Shay and Zach were living with us at the time. And all of a sudden, Shay goes, Mom, what's up? You know, it's like December 10th, and you haven't even decorated. I said, I'm not decorating. She was like, what? I said, no, I'm not decorating. Anyway, uh, Zach, as my awesome son-in-law would do, he convinced me that I needed to decorate, but I wasn't happy about it. I had an attitude. And then I was supposed to have knee surgery, and two days before my knee surgery, uh, I get a call and said, oh, guess what, just joking, your knee surgery is canceled because your insurance changed. I'm calling Dessa. Worst Christmas ever. So I go to Target, and I'm doing some Christmas shopping and other things, and I come out and driving along, and there's a note on my car. I pull over, and guess what? Somebody hit my car in the Target parking lot. I called Dessa. Worst Christmas ever. Then I had to start all over with a new doctor, and all the time I'm just thinking like this. I had a peacetime mindset. I was loving the same toys that the world loves. I was using my money the same way unbelievers did. I wasn't thinking about anybody else than myself, honestly, at that time. I had a very secular mindset, and I had a terrible sickness, and I had a really bad, stinking attitude. And I'm like, I can't wait till 2017. And I don't want to go into 2017 having to have surgery. It needs to get done. And I've been praying about it. So I had to start all over with a new doctor. No way I'm going to get surgery before January. It just wasn't going to happen. And I just decided to pray and to lose my bad mindset because I kept telling everybody it was the worst Christmas ever. And I'm not like that. It was just awful. I was in serious need of rejuvenation. And I just thought, and then the Lord answered because, honestly, the doctor I had been going to, and, of course, everybody tells you this, right? Oh, there has to be a reason. Oh, it's, you know, God has a plan. Um, yeah, I'm like, I don't like the plan. Um, you know, well, God, True. You know, this God must have a better doctor in mind. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know. I say all these things to people all the time. I get it. I just wasn't feeling it though. And even though they're true, right? They're true. I'm like, I know it intellectually, intellectually, I know this, but emotionally I'm not there. I don't really like God's plan. And we didn't discuss it beforehand. And it's not going as the way I planned it. 
But God did work it out. My car got fixed. Thankfully, somebody did leave a note. And the first doctor I had gone to, I realized afterwards that I was the youngest person there every time I went in. And, and then he told me, my first doctor with my knee said, um, well, you're not going to, I think you better plan on, you know, maybe you should be doing swimming and not CrossFit. I'm like, um, nay, nay, I am not a swimmer. I'm not going to be swimming. I need this thing fully repaired and fixed so I can go back to the gym. And don't you understand, one, I don't wear flats and I'm not a good chubby person. This doesn't work for me. Like, I can't do this. I got to be able to get back in the gym and run and do CrossFit. Swimming is not going to cut it. So God did send me to a much better doctor, in my opinion, a sports doctor, who said, I'm not going to have you do physical therapy. You need to just get out there and start riding your bike and start exercise. And I went, yes. There is a God. And I wasn't the youngest one in the room anymore. (laughs) And I realized that this doctor, after looking him up, was a sports doctor. And God did take care of it. But all that time, here I was in need of rejuvenation and looking at all the external things versus going back spiritually, back to prayer, back on my knees, well, my one knee, back, you know, back into the Bible where I could have just been easily renewed and rejuvenated very quickly. But instead, I tortured Steve and the rest of the family. Sorry, babe. But you were the fault of the fight. That's true. And, That's um, true. And I finally was rejuvenated. And that only comes from fellowship, from prayer, and ultimately from God's word. And so I'm grateful to have started, had my surgery, God has a sense of humor, on December 30th. Just would like to encourage you to read through that one more time here today. Today, you and I need to allow ourselves to be called back once again to a spiritual wartime mindset. My prayer is that each of us, each and every one of us, will be healed from the sickness of this secular mindset that is so rampant out there today, looking to suck us in and start 2017 rejuvenated and participating in God's master plan of salvation. God bless. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.